You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Welcome back to another episode of Pullbox Podcast. We're on episode number 24 now, and uh, I'm your host, Curtis Findlay. I'm your other host, Michael Cohen. And in case you missed it, um, the, the previous two episodes, we had a special guest, Kristen Goodsnuck, the creator, artist, writer of Hench Girl, and she talked to us about herself. Um, but also about Batman Adventures and Dragon Ball. So they were great conversations, a lot of fun. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's really cool. So we uh, um, go back and listen to those if you haven't already. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about a new, a new series from Scholastic called Newts. And it's by, um, it's by Doug Tendapel, who's done um, several graphic novels for Scholastic already, including... Um, Cardboard, Ghostopolis, Bad Island, um, and he's also a video game guy. He created a, a, a game called um, Neverhood back in the PC days, but before consoles were were getting uh, to be huge. And then also um, Earthworm Jim, which most people remember. Was that a Sega Genesis game? Uh, it was initially Sega Genesis, and then I think it eventually came to the Super Nintendo. Um, and has since been on a bunch of like later gen consoles. Yeah, in and I, HD versions. And I watched the cartoon. There was a short lived cartoon. Yep. and it one was season. so good. Um, such a quirky humor style that I yeah. and I loved it. <laughs> Earthworm Jim is yeah. one of my favorite, like sort of retro video games. Like oh yeah, classic video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that series. Well, he makes his living now um, working with. DreamWorks as a, I think, storyboard artist or a writer um, okay. and doing a lot of that stuff. He's been working on a, a VeggieTales TV show for Netflix for DreamWorks, Okay. Um, as well as uh, doing graphic novels for pretty much exclusively for Scholastic because um, they have their own graphic novels imprint. So he does, does these kind of stuff, uh, these kind of books often. And now he's embarking in a multi-volume series, which he hasn't done before. So this is part one. It's about a community of newts, sort of anthropomorphic newts. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they, th- yeah, they talk, um, they walk on two legs, they have houses, but they're still small, I think, mm-hmm. um, and they still kind of act a little nudish here and there. Um, and it follows the story of um, one particular family, um, and, and in particular, the son, who is, he's a kid, but he hasn't quite gotten to the point where his legs are strong enough that he can yeah. walk around freely. Um, he hasn't gotten to that stage of his development yet. He's sort of halfway between tadpole and 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 full-on newt. Uh, and it, it bugs him because his younger sister already can use her legs and she's out on land she doesn't have to stay in the little pool that they have in the middle of their house with all of his baby egg brothers and sisters um but then tragedy strikes the community when these this group the villains in this 
story called the Lizarks, and they attack, and they decimate the city, and like they kill everyone, yeah. and they come and take out his entire family. Straight up, straight up, kill everyone, and like it happened. It, I think most of it happens off screen, but uh, but it is still impactful because there's a whole sequence in there of basically all of these characters in the afterlife that are that right. kind of all died. Yeah. Um, which is basically, yeah, his whole family. Yep. And, uh, and so then he, he manages to escape through a secret tunnel in the pool that he is in, um, that leads underground and yeah. goes off into a, a stream or something like that. Um, so he manages to escape. So this, the series I'm guessing is his, I don't even know what his journey is going to be. It's going to be to find the use of his legs. Yeah. Um, which he sort of figures that out by the end of this volume. Um, yeah. But I guess to find out who who did it. Yeah. Um, but there, there's also a couple of characters that go missing through the process, and I'm gonna I'm sure he's gonna be reacquainted with those characters as, as well. Yeah. There's a. It's a. It's actually a like the beginning of the story is a pretty classic hero's journey, um, uh, with like the. The call to adventure, you know, the, yep. the the reluctance, and then the answer, and then well, and also the obstacles he has to overcome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and he is uh, uh, he's chosen. Uh, there's something special about him, and the the um, the the I can't remember the villain's name. This was the first book that I read this month, and this always happens where I forget things because I read it at the beginning of the month, and then I read everything else. But uh, the it's like the snake. The, the snake king guy yeah i can't um, remember either oops <laughs> uh but he it turns out that he has so like through magic essentially gone in and taken taken uh what's the main character's name herc. is he uh herc yeah he's taken herc's legs um for himself because he's a snake and doesn't have legs so like when when herc eventually confronts him towards the end of the book he he finds this snake guy and he's just got the legs like attached like they're not even like part <laughs> of him they're just like 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 tied, tied on, on with, with some rope, with rope. <laughs> yeah. um, but Herc gets his legs back at the end and then ends up meeting these other this other colony of newts that are different from his uh from from the the colony that he comes from and we start to find out that the world is a much bigger place. So I would I would sort of align this with the first third of Star Wars, if you're looking at the hero's journey. He's basically, I mean, he's not met a Han Solo-like character. It's quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> but at the end of the book, he's basically met his other the other people that he'll be going on an adventure with like his right. his sidekick basically but at the same time that all this happens we find out towards the end that his sister was actually taken by the lizark the the wizard who the is wizark, the, the wizard the wizard lizarks. the wizard of lizards i uh, and she for some dark purpose because she has the potential because um because herc's father is a magician and that means not a magician in the sense that like he pulls rabbits out of hats, but that he actually controls magic and that this is like a genetic thing. So <clears throat> um, at one point, Herc actually 
the magician's marks show up on his face as well, which weren't explained earlier in the story, but then you get an explanation later and he actually has an incredible amount of power as well. So there's there, it it is, it is very much a classic hero's journey and I expect it to play out in that way, but there's nothing wrong with that because this is a scholastic book. It is intended for younger readers. And I think it nails that like it, it it doesn't pull punches like i said the his whole family dies except for his sister and there's a sequence in the book and it's not for herc's benefit because herc doesn't really get to he doesn't witness any of it but um herc's father after he dies after everybody else and when he does he sort of ends up in this this afterlife yeah and is reunited with his wife and then all of their children that were basically like unborn kind of because they're all eggs. Yeah. So they, but they still like, they had voices and they spoke in, in when they were alive in, in one of the earlier scenes. But, um, but yeah, like there's this whole sort of really like, it was the, it was the scene for me that told me that this story was much bigger than just, you know, sort of like a silly little adventure. And it was, it, although it's it is definitely directed at kids, it's trying to give them a little bit more substance than maybe some of the other things that right. that that uh, that they would be uh, reading, um, because it's just this really beautiful sequence of all of the newts from their village that have died, basically like moving on to the to whatever's next, and uh, and and Orion the the yeah the archer Orion is is a very big part of like the mythology in it, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah, and he in fact he comes he saves them. He intercedes from the at sky. One point. Yeah. yeah, and so it, and that really showed that oh, this is not just about the newts. Like there are celestial powers yeah. that are yeah. involved in these characters, <clears throat> yeah. and this story is going to get really, really big. Yeah, and Herc is important, right? Um, we read Bone uh, a couple months ago, and uh, this book. Uh, they're both published by Scholastic. I yeah. mean, we, you can go back and listen to the Bone episode to hear about the whole history of that. But I think because Bone is is kind of is done, it's yeah, everything's all, all finished with that. Yeah, they're looking um, for a new Bone. Yeah, I think that that's exactly what they were trying to do, and that's what Newt's is. And, and but I think as opposed to Bone, which sort of started off in this weird place and ends up going towards an epic story. I think that Newt's starts with that in mind. Right. That it's much more intentional that like this is the story that I can end that that uh that Doug Tenable uh, he knows where he's going with this and that there's that it's mapped out and that characters are going to like as you say, later in later volumes they will sort of meet back up and, and uh Herc has a has a brother that he doesn't that he didn't know about that uh, he ends up with the family that had taken in his brother yeah. through like sort of like a bit of a Moses Superman type story of like right. being sent down the river. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a, there's a lot of seeds planted in this volume, even though there is a very clear beginning, middle and end to it. It ends on, I would consider a cliffhanger, not like a, you know, somebody's about to die cliffhanger, but like, this is the beginning of the rest of the story. Right. Well, it's like how I would say A New Hope ends 
that sure. way too. Yep. It was like they have their success. It's a well-rounded movie. Yeah, um, they, they, they accomplish the something, Star, yeah. but then there's still a greater force that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's where this one's going as well. And the next volume comes out in January, and I'm yeah. sure we'll see um, maybe him get a little closer to the to the Wizark. Yeah, the Wizark yeah. of Wizarks. Yeah. So so yeah, I I think that it's a that it's a really great comic. Um, especially as like an introductory comic for for around I'd say like seven eight year olds because uh, the there's nothing too challenging in terms of like the language or anything like that but they will have questions and 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 I think that that's important that that you know when you when you give a kid reading material you don't want to give them something that's below their level you want to give them something that's just slightly above it yeah. so that they're challenged to learn new things while still being entertained and and I think that this comic does that really well uh, both through its writing and then more so through its art, which is very clear. Uh, it's very, even though it's kind of, it's got a really sketchy style to it. Um, yeah, it's very bold. Yeah, he, but but the 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 visual language is very clear, um, and and it's it's the, the characters are expressive. Yeah. Um, and and the colors are are vibrant for the most part. Um, uh, but they're dark when they need to be dark, and they're like it's sort of it, it's just it's it's really solid storytelling from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, well, and you can tell that he has like a a film background. Yeah. Uh, or even the gaming background plays into this too. Just the way he his layouts, his storytelling, very yeah. very cinematic in that approach, um, and and it works so well because that's how that's that makes it easy to read yeah um and it, I, I like the way he's um he's played with his the colors i don't know if he's the colorist of this book or not somebody else might be oh yeah colors by katherine garner um but each of the, like the bad guys are red and the yeah. green guys are kind of a passive blue green yeah. um and then when they when they clash it's it's the the visuals are it's obvious who's good and who's bad and who what you're looking at there yeah yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's well designed. I, I like, I like that. Yeah. I mean, the, for me, the, the colors, and this is a, this is a problem that I have with bone as well, uh, is that the colors are very digital. And, yeah. uh, I mean that in the sense that like they almost look, I would say that they border on, on amateurish looking. And I'm sure that the colors that are doing them are, are very, uh, very talented, but, I almost find when the inks are as strong as they are in both Bone and Newt's that a colorist comes in and almost wants to fill in the blanks that don't need to be filled in. So there's a lot of gradients. There's a lot of of sort of uh, like lighting that has been added in after the fact. But for me, the lighting's already there. Right. Like, like like a lot of like these the these moments where it's like the the background is streaky to show motion and stuff like that I don't think that's necessary right I, I, well, I the would, coloring streaky you mean the color because yeah. the inks already show the streak exactly lines, the exactly lines. and 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 the like the lighting is already dynamic enough with the shadows and the and the black inks yeah that it doesn't need to be enhanced as much as it is um 
I would right. point to Scott Pilgrim, the colorized versions of that, as examples of um, taking a black and white comic, really strong inks, and then making it color. Yeah. <clears throat> and the colorized versions of Scott Pilgrim, it's a lot of flat colors because the, the, the lines are doing all the heavy lifting. If you want to add in color, you're just really adding in color that's it right like everything else is kind of there but it's not like you know a, a, a contemporary uh superhero comic where the inks are really loose and uh the 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 colors are really meant to to bring things out and add depth and 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 you know like a lot of artists like let's say on a spider-man book will draw the buildings in like they'll they'll be very loose a lot of the time and then the colorist will come in and add the detail of like the brick and all of that sort of stuff that makes it look more like a building um and and the and the artist will focus more on the characters but with this it it you showed me some black and white uh uh, illustrations from from his uh sketchbook uh and I almost like I wish that it had been produced that way, right? But obviously, because it is like you said, it's focused for kids, so that's probably why they go with the more bold colors. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, and his his inking is so strong. It's yeah. so strong. He uses a big fat brush and and um, his yeah. he has these big broad strokes and he plays with his shadows in the inking. So, like you said, the you don't need to add more lighting effects because yeah. the inking takes care of that already, yeah. and. Um, one thing with um, Bone doesn't do that. Jeff Smith has a very fine line. He does. Yeah. Um, so he and he doesn't play the, the the shadows that he plays with are are solid blocks of color, mainly yeah. playing with the background or with the clothes that people wear. So it's um it's a little different in that sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the yeah, uh, I, uh, in cinematic terms, Bone is much more. Uh, it's much more full, like it's much more of just like a single uh, uh, light source, uh, or not not necessarily a single light source, but like a diffuse light source where it's just kind of lighting everything. Yeah. Um. But but Newt's is much more of like a very focused spotlight. Yeah. Uh, in almost all of the scenes, it's you can kind of always tell where the where the light's coming from, and it's 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 actually a very dark book. Um. And I find that some of those colors, when it's already dark you get into like those dark blues and grays and it it almost washes out the inks and it doesn't let them do their job in some of those scenes. So that that's that's really like my only criticism of the book, but I understand why they wanted it to be color, why they wanted it to have yeah. that vibrancy when it does have those bright reds and blues and greens cuz it does especially like that cover just sitting there it pops. It yeah. jumps off the shelf. So if it were sitting in a scholastic book fair, <laughs> yeah, I, a kid's gonna see that and they're going to be drawn towards it. So, yeah, I, I understand the motivation. But for me personally, I would really like to to just sort of read it in the black and white. I also think that there is just um, kids may not know how to process black and white, yeah, properly. Or there's also a misconception. I remember when Sin City came out. And um, I was talking to a group of, I don't know, they're probably about 13 or 14 or so, and they 
well, first of all, they shouldn't go see Sin City because it might not have been appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't want to go see Sin City because it was black and white. And to them, that meant inferior. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if it's just um, they, they don't want to publish black and white stuff because it doesn't sell as yeah. well or yeah. it's not as... Because uh, they also published um, a series of Babysitter's Club uh, um, graphic novel adaptations when they first launched this, uh, this imprint that were all black and white and they're recently re-releasing them as color. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. if that's just a, a thing that they kind of need to do. I don't know. Black and white's a weird thing for me. I, when it's done well, it's one of my favorite things. Like I just, I like love Dragon Ball for instance. Like Dragon Ball <laughs> uh, and like Scott Pilgrim where like it, it, it really doesn't need anything else. Um, and uh, like yeah. a Xenozoic was, was another one that like, Oh yeah. Why would you even? What, who cares if it's color? Yeah, like there it, those and it's, it's the original Ninja enough. Turtles yeah. comics yeah. were fantastic in black and white, and, yeah. and color was okay, but it's not uh, not necessary. Yeah, no, not necessary. Um, and I and I go back. I love old comic strips from like a hundred years ago. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. like we read Terry and the Pirates, and yeah. that black and white art is just absolutely stunning. Just the 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 way that it works, and then the, the Sundays are in color. Yeah, uh, which look okay. But they don't read as well as yeah. the black and white, um, the black and white format. I, I, I don't have a preference one way or, or another. It just depends on the project or the, yeah. in particular. Yeah, and 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 I I would have liked color in this if it were more flat color. Yeah, um, just sort of a, a, a cell shaded sort of approach to it. I think would have worked better than the the overly digital appearance that it has right. which like i say it's the same with bone bone has a very overly well, digital appearance to for but my not taste. as extreme as this not as extreme no. the color the colors are much more um muted and and restrained yeah. i think yeah for oh the, the saturation is different but it's i'm just sort of talking in like technique of of how it's been photoshopped in there right yeah it's a they they, they sort of share a lot of the the yep. same sort of things um, this is definitely harsher, but the lines are also harsher, so it kind of fits right. a little bit better with the style. But I'd be really interested to see, seeing it in black and white, see what it would end up looking like with a more subtle approach to, to the coloring yeah. than, uh, than what it has. Well, maybe you could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, I could probably show them a thing or two. But uh, <laughs> I... I yeah, it's I, I I don't know I I really enjoyed it so it's, even though I have that one critique, um, overall I did really like it. I don't know, and this is similar to other sort of uh, more younger skewing comics that we've read in the past. I don't know that I'm going to read more, but yeah, I enjoyed reading this. It wasn't, yeah. it didn't feel like a waste of time. I, well, that's it, good. It was it was definitely it was definitely a good read and and. It's something that I will definitely recommend for for parents who are looking for something for their kids to get into that isn't necessarily yeah. a superhero comic. Something that's maybe got a little bit more... Because definitely superhero comics aimed at younger kids tend to be a little bit more surface um, and a little bit more of like, well, there's a bad guy, got to stop the bad guy and yeah. that sort of thing. So it, this has a little bit more substance to it. Um and it's definitely directed at that audience. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to check it out because I've been a big, big fan of his work for a while. And one of the themes 
that he often puts in it is the um just the the struggle with um life and death and yeah. he kind of he 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 plays with that in a lot of uh, his other books. And Ghostopolis is one where um, a kid actually ends up in a dead world. Like in the... Okay. And, but um, so like he he becomes dead himself. He hasn't died, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But he exists in that plane of existence in the world where yeah. dead creatures roam. And so he can't interact with his parents or anything like that. Um, and so I, I wonder if um, he will play with that because he already makes it very clear that there is this afterlife in this world um, and yeah. he's going to play with that a little bit more. Um, the other thing that he puts in his other books is um, is a sense of family which I really like for his kids books is usually when you have um, kind of escapist books like yeah. let's say Chronicles of Narnia for instance the kids are in a they have a terrible life so they enter into this magical world where they're the heroes. Yeah. Um, in Doug's other books, the parents often go along for the ride as well. Okay. So it's not just a journey that these kids are taking by themselves, but the parents are along in um, not an annoying way, in a way that actually helps and um, it, it promotes this kind of really nice, solid family unit, which I, I appreciate because there aren't, um, there aren't a lot of those kind of stories. Yeah. And being a dad myself, I would love for my kids to read a book where there is a good, um, uh, good, well-rounded parental influence, yeah, uh, rather than a Homer Simpson type character or something like that, right? <laughs> yes, um, of which there are far too many. Yeah, well, and yeah. that's an archetype, especially amongst dad characters in, yeah. in sitcoms and stuff, where yeah. they're just buffoons, and uh, so to have parents in the stories that are intelligent and actually have a purpose and contribute to the adventure in a and, positive way, and present, because and present, yeah, the, right. the other archetype is, is that, that they died, it, the, the well, either dead or. Or you know the the father is a is a right abusive um, drunk or well no I'm thinking yeah. more along the lines of like a, a a hero in their own right but they're absent okay right so it's very much like and then the the your your hero ends up being aspirational oh, so yeah. like they're 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 striving to gain the recognition of their father who's yeah. an absent father because they for whatever reason because they. They're they're a well-rounded like the father character parent is a is a well-rounded character, but is not present in the story. Right. So it it is it is good to to have that that as an element as well. Like and we that. already know that the dad in this story in Newts yeah. is a well-respected member of the community. Yeah. Um, a top ma- magician, like he's yeah. the best of the best in their community. So to have him die right at the beginning without even seeing him interact with his son very much, yeah. um, leads me to believe that either the son's going to be able to find a way to ex- to contact his dad in the afterlife, yeah. or his dad's going to come back. Yeah, and, and, and the Star Wars parallels there right. are very obvious, yeah. right? And the Obi-Wan can... Because I mean, there's even a moment in this comic, in the first volume, where just as his father is dying, he's able to, to contact him, right? And tell like him to go, yeah. Yeah, right. so... Yeah. Um, yeah, he is sort of, he appears to him as a shimmering blue ghost right? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's very obvious. Like that influence is very clear there, but that, that's to say that Star Wars is very influenced by classic mythology and by yeah. Joseph Campbell. So, uh, so, you know, you can't really fault 
any story for cribbing a little bit from Star Wars because Star Wars Star Wars cribs from the best. <laughs> it, not even necessarily the best, but just like the archetype, the hero's journey, yeah. which is the way to tell this type of story, right? Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely does that, <laughs> and it, it is. I am interested to see where that goes, and 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 hopefully you can report back. I, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to go out of my way to pick it up, but well, I'll pick it up and I'll let yeah. you know because uh, I I um I like to support kids comics yeah and especially scholastics doing some great stuff um and i'm a fan of his work so yeah i'll pick up the next volume the and uh ongoing however long it's going to be cool and i'll let you know for sure yeah well um that's it for this episode yeah. in fact that's it for this month we've, yeah. we've talked about we kind of had a a more younger comic focus for this month in general with batman adventures and yeah. with dragon ball they they kind of all skew more younger um which is which is great that's up my alley um, I always like reading those and talking about yeah. those kind of comics. Yeah. Yeah, but next sure. month we have a theme as well. Yeah, next month we do have a theme. Next month is all Star Wars all the time. I I, I can't believe it took me this long to just take over this podcast. <laughs> and uh, we we have read Star Wars here and there. Um, I and we've talked about it a lot in this episode, but it always w- comes up. You always manage to bring some sort of Star Wars parallel in it every does. episode. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah, uh, it's either, it either relates back to Star Wars or how bad Batman is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two. But uh, next month we're going to be reading all Star Wars comics, uh, and there, it's going to be the the three new trade paperbacks from Marvel. Um, in the new relaunch of the Marvel Star Wars comics. So that that's Marvel Star Wars Volume 1, that is uh, uh, Darth Vader Volume 1, and Princess Leia Volume 1. So uh, yeah. all three of those comics, uh, which kind of, uh, I'm told, they intertwine and there's sort of some some uh, interplay between those series but they're it's also, marvel how can it not yeah they're also sort of their own their own comics so we're gonna read those uh and i'm sure that i will have a lot to say good um and i'm interested to see what your reaction is and and yeah and we'll get sort of get ready for the force awakens which uh which i think we're all very excited about so. we are it's gonna be good cool uh yeah that's cool. it for this month that's it uh, thank you guys for listening yeah keep reading comics For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. You can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, you can you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com and uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network of which we are proudly a part and uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and, uh, and and you can you can pledge your support over there every dollar helps but uh, if you're a pullbox fan and supporter then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.